0: Welcome to episode 725 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, August 8th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by a sleepy Justin Mason. Justin, you're hey. alive.
1: I hate you and everything you stand for.
0: Why? What did I do?
1: What? Well, why am I awake right now?
0: Fair enough. I can record <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, yeah. A lot of fun stuff to talk about, though. So maybe that'll that'll cheer you up before you a, go back to bed. A brand new segment. This. Brand new.
1: No one's Revolutionized ever Revolutionized the yeah.
0: fantasy world with this idea that mm-hmm. I came up with. It's called Spicy and Icy. Mm-hmm. Again, I can't believe nobody thought of this, given how long fantasy and like podcasts yeah. and writing's been around. One guy that's really hot, one guy that's doing really poorly.
1: It's it's amazing. You know what's going to happen is people are going to rip us off. If and, they like, do, I'm going to be so they're going to do hot and cold segments. No
0: way, dude. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I'll be so mad, dude, because i am totally made this up. Mm -hmm. Spicy and icy. That's going to be the main focus here. Not a lot of uh, little news and notes transactions going on. Did see one right as we came on, though, so i go ahead and get your thoughts on Mitch Keller, pitching prospect for the Pirates being recalled. Um, He's going to get a little bit of a shot here down the stretch. Any interest in Keller?
1: Not a ton. I I think what I'm going to do is just kind of monitor his first few starts, or at least his first start and kind of see what he's doing. I mean, he he got the strikeouts when he was up. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem was he wasn't getting the ground balls, and he was putting a lot of balls in the air. Uh, So I kind of want to see what happens with his first start before I invest in him. I think some leagues, obviously, like NL only, you have to just kind of pick him up and put him on your reserve list. Uh, But... I think in fifteen team mixed and even shallower than that. I'm I'm just not willing to let him destroy my ratios.
0: Yeah, so if someone jumps you on Mitch Keller, you're willing to let him mm-hmm. go by. Uh, having a strong season at AAA Uh, 28% strikeout rate, 8% walk, 356 ERA, 124 whip. Not too bad for the 23-year-old right-hander. Solid prospect, but as you mentioned, first time around, 12 innings, and he was disastrous. I think he had like a 1050 ERA, of course, that that can – Go by the wayside with just a one bad outing or two, but mm-hmm. all three were pretty rough, even the good one against Detroit was five innings, four runs, only two earned six strikeouts, but the at Cincinnati and at Atlanta, he gave up twelve runs in seven innings. So be careful with Mitch Keller. I think well, I agree and, with you.
1: I mean the big thing too is in those three starts, he didn't have a start where he had more than a third of his balls in play as ground balls like that just oh wow is uh and what he was doing in AAA that made him successful is he had a 44 percent ground ball rate
0: mm-hmm. and and that kind of marries with what he's been doing mm-hmm. honestly his little blip at uh triple last year 52 innings for mitch keller was the only time he really didn't have a great ground ball rate it was 33 mm-hmm. percent, but throughout his career coming up in the minors mitch keller's been a ground ball guy pairing ground balls and strikeouts a winning combo generally and as you mentioned his short stint in the majors, they were lifting the ball on him. 15.8 hits per nine. Not great. Yeah. Uh, did get some of the swing and miss there. So the foundation was still there. 96 mile per hour fastball, decent stuff. So I agree with you. Go jump now in NL only because you basically have to for anybody that has a pulse. But in your in your mixer leagues, I think you kind of let him let him go there. If somebody wants to pick him up in 15 team on spec this weekend. I think you just kind of let them. He's somebody right now in the short term, I'm willing to miss out on Mitch Keller. Uh, Whereas 10 and 12 team, I think everyone's going to wait and see. So you will actually get that opportunity to see what's what might cost you more. Yeah, we
1: talk about this all the time. I think a lot of people think that your ratios can't move very much this late season. And some people, including like, you know, our friend Todd Zola, uh, over at Masters Ball, uh, have like done some great research and, and written articles about how they really can. Uh, and so picking up some of these risky starters down the stretch may be uh, th- feel like a real way to kind of pad your ratios, or sorry, uh, pad your uh, counting stats uh, and won't hurt your ratios. And it, anything could be further from the truth.
0: Especially with all these uh, mega duds that we're seeing, right? The, these six seven eight. 10 earned run outings that have become far too common uh this year That that's devastating but even even the fives and the sixes which as as you say like we feel like oh that's not going to kill me that much I- it'll get you and you know you've probably heard this elsewhere if not here one disaster outing takes like three great ones to counter and so you you need to be careful there and i agree with you as it relates to mitch keller be careful there, and and maybe uh, maybe let this one go by. And if somebody else wants to take that chance, let them take on that risk. All right, time to revolutionize the fantasy community mm-hmm. with spicy and icy. I've got a bunch of players here at each position. Uh, I I went with two third basemen because I had to include the the two spicy guys, and then of course three outfielders because it's it's deeper and a lot of availability for all these guys. So um, there's only one guy that's like a superstar. On a roster in every league, well, two guys actually, on a roster in every league, not no chance of being cut, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to talk to you about how they're how poorly they're doing and see where you're at. Obviously, you're not cutting them, but for the most part, these are a lot of available guys, and I want to see if you're out picking them up, and and what you're doing with them. Let's start at catcher. Francisco Mejia uh, has been very spicy. Three homers and a 110 WRC plus. I think that was fourth at catcher. These numbers are since July first. Uh James McCann, meanwhile, has gone a little icy. I will say this though. While he did uh, does only have three homers and a 67 WRC plus of his own, it was really a bad July and his Babip is soaring once again in August. It's crazy what James McCann has done with his Babip this year. And we're not talking like, oh, a cool, you know, 380 or some some stuff like that. No, no, no. He's like four hundreds i mean he's at 382 for the season but like individual months of 439 426 and so far this month only six games but 529 so i did put him in the in the icy part because his his overall since july 1st has been rough he's picking it back up again i do wonder how long do you wait this out uh with somebody like james mccann are you replacing him for a flavor of the month that you feel more confident in and could that flavor of the month be francisco mejia
1: I don't think it should be Francisco Mejia. If there's a guy that you feel more confident about than James McCann, I don't necessarily have a problem if you want to move on uh, necessarily because I think we all knew that this James McCann business was going to come to an end eventually. Uh, it, it
0: did in July, but then yeah. he's like, haha, I'm back in August.
1: So I, I'm I'm just riding it out with McCann uh, over Mejia. Mejia's problem is he's got someone else on the roster that's much better at the position than he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you just have to be a little bit afraid that once he cools down, he's going to lose playing time, uh, which is meaningful, especially if you're chasing any sort of counting categories.
0: Well, and catcher, I mean, is already Mm -hmm. rough on playing time. So if if you're cutting into that, then then what are you even talking about there? And, um, you know, again, if you're wondering why I put... For the icy part, somebody who actually has turned it around in August—it's because they're really warned. The the other icy catchers right now are just brutal, non-considered in any in any real format. So that the pickings were slim, uh, were slim there. But I did want to loop around to Francisco Mejia because he's had juice in the market, big time prospect. He's been a guy I've had a real tough time with, though, Justin. I've never really bought in on him. What's your long term outlook on on Mejia?
1: I think eventually he's going to have to be moved off of catcher, which is really bad for his profile. He's just not a guy that packs a ton of punch, uh, and he's going to end up being kind of a, you know, if he's a third baseman or an outfielder, uh, he he lacks this, I mean, I guess he's a average only uh, yeah. kind of guy, and I mean, I don't even know if he's going to be hitting above like 280. You know, 280 at catcher, is interesting, Fantastic. yeah. I mean, yeah. but even if you're not hitting 25 home runs, uh, but 280 in the outfield, if you're hitting 15 home runs, is probably not usable outside of NL only.
0: It's waiver wire fodder, maybe 15 team, five outfielder, where you're really, you know, picking them up as as a injury pickup. And even for if Francisco he stays Mahina. behind
1: the plate, like 280, or, or retains enough games behind the plate to still. Uh, you know, get eligibility two eighty with fifteen home runs like that isn't a top five catcher, not when no. you got guys who are gonna be hitting twenty five and thirty bombs. It's just well,
0: especially because we're about to have a catcher Renaissance. I really do feel like it's bubbling uh we're seeing glimpses of it this year, Art, obviously will and Smith Rushman and yeah yeah. Yeah, and you know, Kiebert Ruiz is still with the Dodgers. They could move him, where he could become a centerpiece somewhere. There are some younger guys who are already uh, establishing establishing themselves in the majors. So I think we're going to see some things turn a little bit, and that's going to put a bigger burden on somebody like Mejia. So, yeah, you know, he is playing well right now, but frankly, with McCann kind of bouncing back, maybe I would just uh, I would just stick with him uh, as far as as far as catcher goes. And just play the hot hand if you're in a one-catcher league right now. Because while we knew that it was going to be weird after the top five guys, catchers actually turned out to be halfway decent mm-hmm. because all these guys have popped up. Now, you, if you didn't draft one of the top five, you've probably been playing the wire. But if yeah. you've been playing the wire aggressively, hell, you might already have Mitch Garver who you set it in forget it after April. Yeah. All right, let's shift over to first base here. And uh, the spicy one has has actually been pretty spicy all year. Mark Canha has been fantastic for Oakland and now he's really found himself in a in a full-time role with the injury to Ramon Loriano. And um like I said, he's been he's been really really good. I've been pretty impressed by the fact that he's got an 886 OPS for the entire season, but just over the period that we're looking at here since July 1st, 6 homers and a 133 WRC+. Now, our icy guy also has six homers in that time. It's Daniel Vogelbach, but he has an 85 WRC+, and he's been brutal in August with a 393 OPS. So for this one in particular and for some of these other ones, I'm just going to ask, would you make the move of one for the other in a shallower league? Would you cut Daniel Vogelbach for Mark Canha?
1: I would only because when Kanaw kind of slows down or or kind of cools off, you can make another move somewhere else. Yeah. So uh, the hard part with a guy like Kanaw is he he like this is the ceiling right now. <laughs> so, yeah, we're
0: we're in the midst of the ceiling, and you've missed a good mm-hmm. portion of it because again, he's been he's been playing well all year.
1: Yeah. So I I don't have a problem kind of moving on from Vogelbach because. Uh, he'll be probably available still on the waiver wire uh, if you need to go back to him or someone <laughs> of that, uh, you know, that ilk. So, you know, Justin Smoke is probably lying out there in, in, in a lot of those 10-team or, or shallower formats. is yep. uh, an interesting guy because he doesn't have – he kind of has a little bit of reverse splits a little bit. Uh, Which
0: is, is different, right? Because yeah. wasn't he a lefty killer coming into the year? And I mean, then this year he he's like... He wasn't
1: ever really much of a anything killer. Okay. He just got the at-bats versus lefties. He,
0: because he's a right-hander, and so they're he, like, well, here. And, he's got and you know how open runs... career are
1: average different. versus lefties. And a 244 career average versus righties.
0: Okay, so he didn't have a, a real split, but he yeah. would, that's where he would get the bulk of his playing time. But this year he's done excellent uh, work against righties. Uh, done well against lefties still too. He's at 908 OPS against righties, 835 against lefties, 17 homers. Um and again, full-time run right now because because loriano's out and he's playing well and he can play center field. His defense is okay, but uh right now it's it's been enough and he's batting in the middle of the order too, Mark Canha. Plus he's outfield first base. So, Let's say you know. Let's say Vogelbach got hot again, and you want to go back and get him. You could maybe move Canha to the outfield and bring Vogelbach back on if you cut him or something like that. So there's a little flexibility there. I know outfield first base isn't the hottest uh, duo of positions to have, but I'm always in favor of flex positional flexibility.
1: Yeah, I am too. It's it's nice to kind of be able to move your guys around a little bit. And I mean, as much as I think we love Vogelbach for kind of what he is uh we knew that there was going to be some regression to the mean and who knows this regression could last the rest of the year so you know if you get some other hot streak you pick him back up uh or you pick up someone like i said kind of of that ilk but right now I, i have no problem moving on
0: yeah 225 average is tough to hang on to in uh in batting average leagues for vogelbach all right so second base here this one might be an interesting inclusion as far as like potential availability but He's only forty-seven percent at ESPN, which kind of blew me away. Keston Hira is absolutely on fire: eight homers, six stolen bases, one seventy WRC plus. I don't know how he's still so available at ESPN leagues. I, re- I reference them specifically because their standard league is a ten-team is a ten-team mixed league, uh, but that's. That's nuts. I don't even think that alone. You know, you can't just write that off to like dead leagues or anything like that. Keston here is just vastly uh, under rostered right now. On the other end, you have Jose Peraza, who is uh, one homer, zero stolen bases in 77 with a seventy-seven WRC plus since July first. Jose Peraza specifically too is 5 for 10 on the bases. That was the one thing he was supposed to have was the speed, even if the batting average came back from last year's 288, which it has down to 236. So he's brutal. He's been awful in every way. Obviously, you, you would want Hira over Peraza, but I think Peraza's a flat cut in all mixers at this point. And Hira, is he not in all format? Should he not be
1: 100%? I, I don't understand what league's... In here uh isn't already owned in.
0: Doesn't make any sense.
1: I, I know there's supposed to be some sort of algorithm that cuts out these dead leagues, but I if I wonder sometimes if that counts, like, half of your league is dead and half of your league isn't, because if you're in an eight-team eight league and half of your league is dead, then you're really playing in a four-team league, and okay, maybe he shouldn't be owned in a four-team league.
0: Sure. Yeah, maybe the top four, you know, the top four second baseman or whatnot Hero uh, mm-hmm. might not squeeze into there. But I, I my jaw hit the floor when I saw that he was only 47 percent of the SPN right now.
1: Yeah, I I just don't. <laughs> I, I That's don't, crazy. I don't get it. I don't I don't understand the algorithm. Maybe it's something I'll uh, I'll talk to like Tristan. Uh, about it at towers because i'd love to understand a little bit more not that he necessarily knows either
0: (laughs) but he might have some insight you know uh fantasy pros i I don't know what what amalgamation they use for their roster rates uh i think they pull from different sites but even there here is only 56 percent so you know he's just too available hot prospect killing it what what What's what's going on? Okay, I, I, you know what it probably is, by the way, for fantasy pros? It's probably a combo of Yahoo and ESPN. And so um, Yahoo's doing better at 65, but that's still criminally under. I, again, I think Hira is an all formats 100% guy. I love what he's doing. I guess I want to spin it forward with him because we both agree that he should be on a roster in every league. Next year with Keston Hira, what kind of expectations do you have – uh, let's say he continues to p- to play well. The rest of this year ends on a strong note. Is he someone that you're worried will be overdrafted? Will like a fifth, sixth round pick be reasonable that you'd pay? Where are you on Keston Hero for 2020 at this point?
1: I think s- fifth, sixth round is probably fair uh, because I mean he's better than what Scooter Jeanette, which was pr- who was probably going like seventh, eighth round this year, right? Yeah.
0: So, yeah. and think, of course, Jeanette's fallen on super hard times yeah. this year.
1: I I think my, my fear is that he gets pushed up into like the third fourth third round because yeah. people kind of start projecting. That, well, he's got 13 home runs and only a third of the plate appearances that he would have in a full season, and people are gonna start going. Well, this is like a th- you know potentially like a 30 20 guy
0: his pace right now is full season pace he has 13 homers and here it does and seven steals full season that'd be 41 exactly. 22
1: and so i, I think, you know, that that's my big fear is people are gonna kind of start projecting those numbers uh and, and we're going to be in some in, in some trouble and like that's when i start to jump off board but I yeah mean, that that's only aggressive fifth sixth round. Then I don't have a problem with it. I don't know that I'll have a ton of shares, but uh, I mean, this is a guy who I uh, you know he should hit two ninety, you know, probably close to three hundred next year. So that in itself is valuable, especially if you add in the pop and the speed on you know, on a really good team. So strong team, yep. yeah. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't have a problem paying a fifth or sixth round price. I don't yeah. think. I'm really looking it, forward to these uh, two early mocks this year. I think this is going to be a too. really fun year. Uh, we're going to start those at th- at the beginning of October. once the season ends,
0: especially with all the the youth movement that we have and and new players on the scene where they going to establish themselves in the two early mocks. it's not a it's not a one to one comparison, but I'm looking at at adp coming into this year and Glaber Torres on the heels of his brilliant season was a a fifth rounder pick 72 on average. I think the one thing that could send Hira above him though is that speed. And if people start to really project that out, he already has seven stolen bases. If he tacks on another five to seven, that double digit stolen base capability, I think could boost him say 20 picks higher than, than even Torres was going. Then you're talking top 50 and I don't hate that. I'm I'm with you. I don't hate that, but I'm not necessarily seeking Keston Hira out at that point. But he has been fantastic. Uh are you were you on the Peraza train coming into the year? Um
1: I think I was ish. Uh but I also knew that there was I, I this was always kind of in the realm of possibilities
0: that that he could fall off, yeah. That
1: he could fall off. Uh the 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 approach is just one of these uh, things that can just kind of deteriorate, and that's what's happened this year. Is he doesn't walk, and so he doesn't have that safety net. Uh, he he swings so much out of the zone, uh, and it's it's kind of just gotten worse this year. So yeah, uh, it's hard because some you know some of the things he's doing is very encouraging. You know, I mean, he's making ninety six percent contact within the zone. Uh, that's Jose Peraza. That's yeah. crazy. So I mean which is i think right in line and probably i believe a little bit better than last season. Uh that being said, it's it's been a lot of ground balls again. Um the fly balls aren't necessarily going aren't, aren't going out, which is a problem. Uh i mean i i you should have dropped him already. Like this hopefully
0: yes. Yeah, hopefully I mean- you're not still carrying him in really any I'm talking 15 team mixed. I'm I'm out yeah. right now too.
1: Uh, I wouldn't have had a problem if you dropped him in N- or an AL only, or is NL only? NL only, yeah. Um, agreed with that too. So, uh, if for some reason you've picked him up, uh, yeah, he should be on the waiver wire. But uh, he's also a guy to continuously monitor if he gets on a hot streak, because if he gets on a hot streak, he can steal you know five or six bags in a week.
0: That that's the that's the tough part about a guy like that, and probably why uh, Jose Praza still on rosters in NL only leagues they're like well if i just get him going i could get double digits over the last uh, 2 months here but for the most part he should be on a on a wire uh in in really every league so casting here Jose Peraza there. let's shift over to shortstop last year we saw a little bit of a, a late season jump from this guy but this year it's a little bit different for Ahmed Rosario, because I think last year it was kind of the power and it was the homers and the steals, but the but the slash line around it wasn't all that uh, all that special. This year he's he's really clubbing the ball: three homers, four stolen bases, and a 141 wRC plus. Since July first for Rosario, he's been a big part of why that team's playing well. In fact, we'll get to another met here momentarily, uh, who's also contributing. So they're getting contributions from sort of the uh, the secondary parts of their team that have really helped fuel their their surge here. Meanwhile, Corey Seager again, man, it seems like every time I I, I look to do one of these these situations, whether it's writing or podcasting, and I, I look at who's cold at shortstop, he's down near the bottom. And you look at his full season line, and you're like, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Nine homers, 265 average. He does have a 104 WRC+. plus, so He's been slightly above average on the whole. But it's been wildly disappointing. So let's start with Rosario here. Uh, how do you feel about what he's doing lately and rest of season? And then we'll get into Corey Seager. But Ahmed Rosario, is he somebody that 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 you like as, as a breakout here?
1: I do because uh... – Uh, he can steal bases and he, the pop is, is nice, but obviously one of those guys benefiting from the juiced ball right now, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no sign that major league baseball is going to do anything about it. Uh, so maybe that can keep up. And this is a guy that hits 17 home runs or something like that for the year. But he's also a guy that could steal 10 bases rest of the year, even more. If he just, if the Mets just let him run wild, uh, I thought it was funny when they were, like, toying with the idea of moving him into center.
0: That's right. It's Remember like, that, too. Yeah. And now his defense has, has come around. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's improved defensively at short. But, he, they, yeah, there was talks of he's going to be their 2020 center fielder.
1: Yeah. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do because I think he can be a very good uh, – he, he's got all the tools to be a very good defender at short. So. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, but they also have guys in the pipeline that are they're that close to, I think, being called up uh, that can play short as well. So, sure, uh, I like Rosario, and I like the fact that he's kind of doing this late in the year, where people aren't going to notice quite as much coming into next season. So, I agree. Definitely a guy that I'm going to be picking up right now in shallower formats, but also a guy that is going to be especially with how deep shortstop has been. I think he's maybe one of these guys that can kind of fall between the cracks during I... draft season. And we could be getting a steal in the same way that like Marcus Simeon and Jorge Polanco, yep. uh, and even, uh, you know, uh, even I mean, Tim Anderson, yeah, Tim yep. Anderson, Paul de Young, um, all these guys that have performed, uh, you know, much better than their draft position, comparatively speaking to some of the studs, uh, you know, the, the, the Seegers and the Creas of the world, um, and uh, you're just going to get him at such a cheaper price. So I think he is probably part of that group for next season.
0: That, that's a great point uh, on Ahmed Rosario, and you talk about uh, what his speed can be. It can be so dynamic. He does have the six stolen bases since July 1st. He's been caught four times, though, so let's get some decision-making here, Rosario, to, uh, to where you're going on the right ones here, and he really could be a double-digit guy for the well, rest and, of the way.
1: And that's a thing to kind of really monitor – uh, because obviously, when they were, when it looked like their season was going down the tubes. Maybe they were like, yeah, just run whenever you want. So yeah. maybe now that they're in position to compete for a playoff spot, they become more judicious and they they're don't like, want him. Whoa. Run. Yeah, you put the brakes on, dude. Uh, don't, don't run, run inside of an inning. Him. So uh, I'll be very interested to see how many attempts he gets you know, over the course of the next few weeks and uh, the last what, month and three quarters of a season. So. Uh it, yeah, this is this is definitely a guy to monitor uh kind of what he does rest of the way for next year, but I think he could be kind of still still only twenty three years old. I mean very, yep. very young. He'd be young. entering uh, uh year twenty four next year.
0: Yeah, and he's a little bit higher as far as ESPN goes. He's on a uh, 70% roster rate, but that means there's still some shallow leagues where he could be available. Um, some of these guys with higher roster rates could be also trade candidates, too, if we're buying in on them, and we are with Rosario. And I think if you do need some some speed and maybe you need a middle uh, middle infielder, he, he won't come at a hefty price tag, I don't think. Corey Seager, meanwhile, carries the name value. I, I almost think you could do a deal where you trade Seager for Rosario. Maybe not a one for one, but where they're uh, they're kind of uh, replacing one another around some other pieces. And I would be wanting to get rid of Seager. I, I've really cooled on him at this point. Um, I just I don't know where we're at. It's hard to fully write him off. Age twenty five season right now, but like I said, we're talking about nine homers. The ball's flying for everybody except for Corey Seager, bland ass two sixty five average. And I, as I mentioned, been brutal of late. One homer and at 69 WRC+, plus, which actually isn't nice. You would think it's nice, but it's not. And so I ask, where are you currently with Seager? And then I'll, I'll get your thoughts on, on 2020 and beyond. But right now, the rest of this season, is, is Seager somebody you would cut in, say, a 10-team mixer?
1: I think you have to consider it. Uh, it's hard because we know that there's potential there. I mean, this is a guy that in 2016 and 2017 had, what, 26 and 22 home runs, uh, hit 300 or, or close to it in both of those years. But at this point, you have to wonder if the injuries have taken a toll on him.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, just, and just cut in at what he can do.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could go over to like his StatCast page, and everything is in the blue. Uh, his is expected batting average, which is what his batting average should be if things went the way they're supposed to, is two thirty nine. So he's actually overperforming, wow. or has overperformed, where his expected batting average has been. Uh, his uh, exit velocity is uh, kind of right at league average, or a little bit below. Uh, or actually, sorry, it's it's almost two or no yeah right at average or a little bit below it's it's nothing is going well for Corey Seager and yet you just have to wonder is he hurt is he or have the injuries kind of claimed him or claimed some of his talent because these back injuries especially and then what he had TJ in the off season yeah uh, they can really sap you and
0: exactly and to your point he might not be like ailing every day mm-hmm. but maybe the the pile up of injuries have have curbed his bat speed and, yep. and just sapped some of his skill that's a great way that you put it and i i have to wonder if that's where we're at right now with Corey seager because he is a far cry from that guy we saw in 16 and 17 and if i'm being real even if he was that guy right now it would be much 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 better and he would be fantasy viable but he still wouldn't be top of the scale he wouldn't be
1: special so-
0: Exactly. Exactly. He'd be that guy where you're like, I'm getting my my steady Eddie Corey Seager, but it's not transcendent. So now let's spin it forward. What are we doing next year with Corey Seager? Let's give him a a solid uh, finish to the season. Let's take what he's done this year, the 265 and, and the nine homers and 91 uh, game pace. Give that – tack that on for the next month in three – we'll call it two months so just for sake of ease. So he ends up with something around – what would that be like? 13, 14 homers, the 265, and then the counting categories. Let's say he finishes with that. He doesn't get hurt in September. He ends on a quote-unquote healthy note. What are you doing with Corey Seager next year And a remarkably deep shortstop position?
1: I don't know that he's draftable.
0: I, I, mean, I, I want to give you credit, by the way. You were aggressively down on him coming into the year and I thought you were and this was my were this was
1: my argument was not 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 that he would do this, but like even if he was Corey Seeger of old, like how special is that?
0: Yep. Yep. And I and I thought I thought you were off on that. Um you, know, you weren't paying the, the premium form anymore, but you were still paying uh, a, quite a bit higher than guys you liked. Some of the names you named earlier, Paul DeYoung, uh, Jorge Polanco, Marcus Simeon, uh, Tim Anderson, several others, by the way, to uh, Actually, he was right He was right by uh, Tim Anderson, but that that's not really the point. So you were out on Seager from the jump. I don't think that this is bringing you back in. I'll say that.
1: No. I mean, I, how could it? I mean…
0: What if uh, his price drops to what, say, the Youngs was this year, which is like a pick 170, 20th ish uh, shortstop off the board? Do you buy back in then, or does it need to drop even further for Corey Seager?
1: I think he's got to drop even further. I mean, what are you drafting? Like, if we made his name John Smith, yeah, would you be drafting him at all? Like, right you're now not you're wrong, drafting man, name cause... value. That's all you're drafting yeah. with Corey Seager,
0: because, uh, like I said, even his peak isn't that sexy. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, 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 the 2016 three, season. 2016, the 300 batting average is nice, but always uh, that always plays, but I mean, there's a ton of else? guys hitting 22 home runs a year. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not that impressive anymore. He, he's never really stolen bases. So, uh, like that, that part of his game isn't going to be attractive.
0: I and mean, he only has two full seasons, but, but in neither of those did he, did he even, uh, get 80 ribbies. Mm-hmm. So, in you spite know.
1: of playing on a on a loaded offense, so I just yeah I don't know what you're really what you're
0: benefiting here. Yeah, I, I, let me ask you this: Would you cut him and just get Rosario? Just flat out make the 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 spicy for the icy that we that we've outlined here? If they're both available oh, in in I say might, a tech yeah. teamer, or...
1: why not? I, yeah. You know it's hard because of the name value, and you worry about oh man, what if he turns it on the last month of the season? But like we said, what does that
0: mean? Yep. And you can't I, play I, that in in a in a ten teamer anyway because that you are going to make mistakes over the year when you're churning. You just have to uh, plow forward. You know, like um, you 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 don't want to cut. I'm trying to think of a name catcher that people would have hung on to and like bypass Travis Darnold, but. That that's a good one because I was going to say the top five have actually panned out the guys who were drafted as the top five catchers but Posey's a good one you're like ah, what if he turns it around I can't, I can't yeah it's maybe. Posey dude I, Travis Darnot, we Posey's been this like the rigmarole. perfect
1: example of this because yep. Posey hasn't been posing two
0: years yeah he's he's catching Corey Seeger at this like mm-hmm. he's he's the catching iterate at least his peaks were actually peaks though mm-hmm. um, and I really don't think we're revisionist history. Uh, with with Corey Seager you look at and I'm not saying he was bad in those years he just wasn't special in 16 and 17 and so now we have two well, years
1: he was special in 16 and 17 compared to the field but the problem is the field got better in the last two to three seasons
0: that's and, a great point it's, that's uh, great. It's, the field has really raised the bar yeah. and and can he meet that bar and we're saying definitively no
1: shortstop has gone from being the thinnest position in fantasy outside of catcher to probably the deepest position in fantasy.
0: Yeah. Oh it is. I mean it's it's filthy. It's it's so nice.
1: And that all happened while Corey Seager was getting hurt. And it's hard it's hard to kind of cut loose on a 25-year-old. So like this is a guy that if you're like in a dynasty or in keeper league and the the team that's going for the championship or one of the teams going for for a title has him, they may be willing to sell him for very very little just to improve on that position and try to compete. Yeah. In, in that case you buy him for 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 next to nothing.
0: Oh, for pen yeah, if i am if I'm getting do, just on a the fat chance. discount in yeah. dynasty uh, and I'm already in a rebuild, retool mm-hmm. situation. Anyway, I can agree with that, but we're talking about the premium that comes with mm-hmm. Corey Seager's name. We're no longer paying that, man.
1: Remember uh, all I, the people who are like oh, Corey Seager at pick 90, sign me up. And, well,
0: I was one of those people. Yeah. I, I'll admit it, man. You know, and like I said, well, I you gave you dumb. grief. I <laughs> gave you grief for uh, for being so cool on him and saying, ah, dude, you know, I'm just going to wait for my guys down there. I was like, but you're not going to take him at, at 90? Like, that's so good. He went outside and, the uh,
1: top, like, 110 or 120 in my main event league.
0: God. And he should have. Mm-hmm. Your league nailed it because he's not good. Yeah. Um He's really not he good went so right now. He so low
1: though. that I started going, "Oh my god!" Like, you're well, like well, maybe, maybe at what maybe I'll point get in do you, you know, pull the trigger? But I don't think he can be in my top 200 going into next season.
0: I don't think you're out of bounds. You know, certainly at the tail end of it. If he is, Corey Seeger is certainly going to be somebody that when you're making, if you make a one to 200 list. Has to be, I think, in that last thirty. I think one seventy is about the highest you can reasonably get him right now, and that's just with some, with some, you know, uh, love kind of sprinkled on. Like you just really like him, and you're you're projecting because what he's done right now. No, no, it's not there for seeker. All right, let's move over to the hot corner third base. Got two guys on each end here. The two Spicies, Giovanni Arcella uh, A little bit similar to Mark Canha in that he's been doing it all year, yet he's remained one of these fringe guys. I know I've had him in a league where he's been on my bench since I picked him up. And whenever he does something good, I'm like... Ah, huh, that would have been cool to have in my lineup. But it's it, I, I I never really regretted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, until very recently, like he's had he's had a really strong, uh, a really strong run here very recently, still on my bench, but uh, eight homers, 356 average, 194 WRC plus since July 1st. And his his New York counterpart, JD Davis. I mentioned we have another Met here. He's been on fire as well. Four homers, 373 average, 183 WRC+. He's fallen into more playing time. Both guys really have. Uh, obviously, the Yankees uh, lose somebody seemingly every day. But J.D. Davis was kind of bouncing around. He was the lefty killer. Uh, but now he's a full-time guy. He's really he's really taken on that left field role. Whereas Urshela has has really assumed the third base role here. And he's batting... Five, six, sometimes as high as three, four in the Yankees lineup right now. So, talk to me about the two hot corners in New York. Start with Urshela, and, and let me know what you're thinking with these guys right now.
1: I mean, Urshela just needed a role, and and he, had, like said, benefited from this Yankee team literally falling apart. I mean at,
0: at every turn dude every time they get someone back then freaking Edwin Encarnacion gets smashed in the in the wrist so now LeMahieu's bouncing around and now Urshel is in you know every Aaron Hicks gets going mm-hmm. player of the month hurt Mike Talkman's able we'll Mike now thing. dealing with this core issue. Yep.
1: <laughs> like yep. uh, you can literally put together a better lineup than probably 90% of teams in the major leagues by their IL
0: Oh, for sure, dude. I mean, you it's got Sanchez, Encarnacion, and
1: Voit, Andy Har, Hicks, Stan,
0: Stan. Yep.
1: You know, and if yep. you, you need an eight-nine hitter, you've got Ellsbury yep. and Greg Bird. Bird and Ellsbury.
0: So. <laughs> and I have an ace. I have an ace and a and a closer with uh, Severino and Betances. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm taking my IL yeah, well, Yankees I mean, here. I mean,
1: that rotation is uh, what, uh, Luzagua, uh Montgomery, CC Sabathia, and Severino. <laughs> And then you got Batanzas yep. coming in to close, like you said. I mean, this is a uh, this is a pretty sick uh, IL it's team. It's crazy.
0: You, you can hate the Yankees all you want. You know, you're a Red Sox fan. You just don't like the Yankees. You have to respect what they're doing, though. This is and impressive. 10 up
1: in the division, they're with dominating. This th- this, uh, this Yankees Astros uh, ALCS is going to be oh. amazing.
0: It you know. I like some of the other teams in the AL. I always, I always kind of root for Oakland when Detroit's out of the picture. Um, but I agree with you that I, that I, I, almost only want to see that at this point.
1: I, I saw, it, I saw a meme right before we started recording, and this is a really nice time to bring it up. Uh, I think it was like MLB memes on Facebook posted uh, that the Yankees have more home runs uh, at home versus the Orioles than the Tigers or the Giants have at home. This season. I believe
0: it. I believe it. I was. uh, I think I was talking about this on stream about how every time the Tigers have like a big game, which is very rare, you know, but they they put up a bunch of runs. I know damn well before I open that box score that there might be one homer. It's never home runs like every other team, even the other crappy teams. When they go off for double digits or put up eight nine runs, you know some of those clowns, uh, some of those scrubs that they have are hitting homers. They got they got a handful of homers. The Tigers never. It's like never six homers to have them unload for for 10, 12 runs. It's always like 15 singles and a double. It's hilarious how few homers that Tigers team has.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's really depressing for my Giants when what Dickerson is – the guy who they expect to get the power from, and he's on the Dickerson IL. Dickerson
0: and Ustremsky, right? Uh, yeah, those are, those are Ustremsky's so,
1: still playing right now, but
0: true. Know. Yeah, Dickerson uh, explodes and then and then goes on the IL. Are you sure that he shouldn't be on the Yankees because he did well? And then, oh my God, yeah, you sent the uh, the meme right now. That's that's devastating. That's insane. Ten games in Camden. They have forty homers. The Yankees do fifty-five games at home, Oracle Park. They've 39 homers for the Giants, 53 games at Comerica for the Tigers, 37 homers. Yeah. That is bananas. And it also speaks to how bad Baltimore is. So Urshela is he now an all formats guy? Because his roster rate is still pretty low. He's pretty available out there.
1: I just picked him up in a sixteen team league this week.
0: I, I believe it. That's so, what I'm saying, man. Uh
1: yeah, I think he should be rostered in just about every format. And again, in the shallower formats, you kind of churn and burn. So he slows down, guys come back, he loses playing time. You go ahead and uh, you go ahead and kind of churn him out. Uh, but I think right now, though, especially with Voight, I mean, who I, I haven't seen what the updated timetable is on on Voight, but if Voight is out for an extended period of time, he's not going to lose playing time.
0: No, I, I agree with that. Urshela will continue to play, and you know the power's been really impressive. Of course, we've talked bouncy ball all year. Uh, he's parlaying that. He's got 14 homers in his 93 games here. He's always been a nice high contact guy. That uh, the projections were hoping that he could he could do some batting average stuff. 16% strikeout rate this this year. 319 average. But the homers and, of course, the counting categories being part of the Yankees absolutely helps Urshela. So I agree he should be scooped in every league at this point if he hasn't already. Let's jump over to J.D. Davis because I think he's even more widely available because he had kind of that defined role of like, okay, you're definitely in against lefties, but then we'll spot you against righties. This dude absolutely blitzes the ball. Like he 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 can smash. This is another Houston castoff. Just speaks to their embarrassment of riches that you can almost. You, you, I'll, I'll, let's have a L- LCS of Yankees IL versus Astros castoffs. <laughs> that that'll be that'll be the bizarro world uh, L- LCS. But yeah, JD Davis has been on fire now for a while, and like I said, has a full time role. Third base slash outfield, so dual eligibility. What do you think of JD Davis as somebody who should be picked up in mixed leagues?
1: Uh, this is a much more difficult question because I do worry about uh, him losing playing time. But I mean, here's the big difference between what he was doing uh, earlier on in the season uh, and what he's doing now. I mean this is a guy who's al he always has hit the ball uh hard. His soft mm-hmm. contact percentage is 10% this year. Jeez. So I mean he he he's always hitting the ball hard. The problem was he was hitting things on the ground for yes. uh, for quite a bit and really just not elevating. He started to elevate more these last 2 months. His uh fly ball percentage for July is about 36% and 30% in, so far in August. Uh so I think that in itself is the reason we're seeing kind of this uh, kind of upping in production. I don't know if it's going to be sustainable. I haven't had like a chance to like sit down and look at his swing and is he raised his launch angle uh, type thing. But I'm willing to ride the streak uh, and hope that the playing time situation kind of works itself out uh, in New York. Uh, I mean, with, with uh, uh, Cano out for the year, that helps. So, oh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a big deal there. And Lowry's not anywhere like, near uh, coming back, I don't no. think, at this so, point. so
0: McNeil has come in from the outfield to take second base. And that has opened that playing time for J.D. Davis. So, you know, even if they want to commit to Todd Frazier at third base, Davis kind of has that left field on lock. And I'm not really seeing anybody that's going to take the, it. The question uh,
1: becomes, like, what happens when Dom Smith comes that's off? That's exactly
0: the who I was about to bring up. But then I think that it puts Todd Frazier on the hot seat. Because then if he doesn't perform, Davis starts to take third base burn from him.
1: Yeah. I think that could be right, especially because it's not – Dom Smith is a really atrocious defender, but they don't have first base as an option. So I think they'll just let him kind of rot out in left field, move Davis over to third, uh, and that kind of, and then for the Fraser experiment is over. So uh, I think he's probably fairly safe, as long as they don't – there's talk about them picking up panic once he clears – okay waivers so like if something like that happens that could be uh, a little bit of an alarm but right now I said like like I said you just kind of ride the hot streak and hope for the best man I cannot believe they are three games over 500
0: <laughs> whenever you you you, you want to definitively and everyone's on board saying they're done they're toast is when the Mets turn it around it's Imagine like if
1: they up. hadn't made the, some of the stupid moves that they
0: made I know uh, like, that's the that's like the Mets story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the book is called "Imagine if they had made some of the stupid." You Moves. know what's gonna
1: happen is they're gonna like finish one spot out or like one game out of the second wild card spot. So they're gonna do all this. They're gonna go on this run, and they're just gonna barely miss the playoffs. So they kind of screw up their uh, their draft. <laughs> yep so they're, <laughs> they're in
0: between it's like it's like being, it's what the uh,
1: redskins do every year it's yep, like you're yep. gonna be just good enough so you don't have a top 10 pick but not good enough to make the playoffs
0: and and bad enough to break fans hearts mm-hmm. right there at the very end so oh, it, also be... what my
1: giants are gonna do
0: by the way <laughs> oh i know they're, they're, what are they already like one and six in, in august uh, it's you know, awful. Ha- had to happen uh-huh. so jd davis Gio urshela scoop them in every format right now and ride it out and kind of deal with it as as things change but right now both are playing extremely well they do things a little bit differently i I believe in jd davis's power more uh urshela's average more but they both offer something there on the icy end uh this is one of the guys that you know, we're not doing anything with him as far as cutting him or even reserving him. But I did want to bring up that Matt Chapman has been uh, freezing cold of late. Just three homers, 194 average, and a 70 WRC plus since July 1st. And then the Cardinals' devil magic seems to have worn off with Tommy Edmond. And I I brought him up because I don't know that it's registered with folks. First off, I still see him being recommended as a pickup because <laughs> of Cardinals' devil magic. And and two, I, I think people don't realize that well, – or maybe – they realize it, but uh, it hasn't fully registered. Matt Carpenter's back, so now playing time could become an issue. So with Chapman, is it just a cold streak, and you're not not too worried, or is there anything there? And then we'll get into Edmund.
1: I'm not worried about Chapman at all. I mean, he's one of these guys that can go through these cold streaks, but his defense is so good, they're never going to sit him.
0: No, wouldn't even come close. Maybe a day breather if he was hitting yeah. like a hundred, but he doesn't even. I don't even think he's at that level right now. I think he'd no, have to be sitting
1: 194. Yeah, over what the 16, over, a yeah, over a month. Yeah, over so, months. I mean, it's it's not. He's still walking a ton. He's still walking at eleven and a half percent clip.
0: Still, he's one for twenty in August, and and so that's an 50 fifty. They're still not going to sit Matt Chapman.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not worried about Matt okay. Chapman at all. Uh, Double on, magic. Yeah that 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 wore off quickly. Yeah,
0: if you Goodbye. really look at it, though. It it wasn't even it wasn't really much of anything. Insane. And then they moved him they moved him up in the lineup, which hey, when someone's batting first, you have to at least look at mm-hmm. it. But the fact was was that he wasn't performing at all once up there. He has a two twenty nine, two sixty three, three thirty nine as the leadoff hitter. So I think Tommy Edmonds a a full cut across all yeah. all formats right now and I just wanted to bring it to the attention cuz not shading you know other outlets or anything I just said just saying that I have still seen him being recommended and he's a bench guy with Carpenter back and not that good to begin with okay let's move on to the outfield here we have six six names, three icy, three, uh, three spicy, three icy. We'll start with Mike Talkman. I briefly mentioned him when we were talking about the Yankees. Again, just another another guy who's like, hey, we got all these injuries. Let's get this guy <laughs> to come out of nowhere and absolutely beast. Our boy Alex Chamberlain. This is one of his faves. He was loving him in um uh, in, in Colorado. But of course, uh, you know, he's not super young. I think it's age twenty eight, age twenty nine, season yeah, four talkman. But an underexperienced guy, you know that Colorado has no use for them. They want to keep using the same old broken guys no matter what. So they ended up just getting rid of him. So great move there, Colorado. He's absolutely decimating fools in New York right now. His recent run since July 1st, six homers, four stolen bases on the sneak tip, 423 average, and a 233 WRC plus for Mike Talkman. and yet still has some availability. So let's get into Talkman first. How viable is is this? Obviously, this is a a streak, but how viable is he even as he cools down and is in all formats, Guide for you?
1: Mm, The question is how quickly are guys going to come back that are going to knock him out of the lineup? Because I think this is completely viable. The problem is when Hicks comes back, when Judge comes back, uh, there becomes an issue of playing time. Uh, you mean
0: you mean Stanton. Judge is back.
1: Oh, sorry, Stanton. Yeah, Stanton. Uh, so, Stanton and Hicks, when they come back, where does he play? I guess they could DH Stanton again. Sure. Uh, if they're if they're comfortable with E5 playing first, but then where does LeBay Well, he has go? to come back, though, too. Yeah, so... I think once guys start coming back, Talkman's gonna have a hard time finding full-time plate appearances.
0: That's gonna be a while, though, right? And I mean, fractured. It,
1: I mean, Stan was supposed to be back in April. Exactly. As my as my main event team will tell you. Uh, yep. so like there, there's no guarantee that any of these guys or all of you guys, especially,
0: come back. Exactly. So, so that's why I wouldn't plan. I wouldn't worry about planning for that. Pick up Talkman and, and deal yeah. with it if and when it comes to pass.
1: He's a really interesting guy because he doesn't necessarily hit the ball particularly hard. Uh he's a guy that makes
0: good contact yeah he doesn't hit it softly it's like he doesn't yes. crush it the way um JD Davis does mm-hmm. but he has a similar soft contact rate. he only has a 15%, 15% so it's a lot of yeah. medium it's like well struck contact
1: three percent medium contact
0: uh, and I, obviously you can do damage with that especially yeah. with the bouncy ball and
1: that's the thing I think with the bouncy ball uh he's re- he's really benefiting being a lefty in that park being in that lineup uh, he's got a very, very good eye, like a 20% O swing percentage, uh, you know, mixed with, uh, what I like think eighty, eighty four 84%, uh, zone contact percentage. Those are, those are two nice kind of, uh, combinations. So like, this isn't a guy that I'm necessarily like looking at as a potential stud, but he's a potential above average player that should be rostered in just about all formats.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's right with Talkman, and you just ride this one out. Um, Alex Chamberlain says he's a first round pick next year. No, I'm just kidding.
1: I, you know, Alex is a smart,
0: smart guy. I mean, <laughs> he's he's just loving it though. This is one honestly. Two New Yorkers that I associate uh, with with Chamberlain. He loved Jeff McNeil and Mike Talkman, and both those guys are absolutely out of their minds this year. So hopefully, he got him everywhere. Uh, let's stay in the AL East. Anthony Santander. In fact, hang on. That's not the right way to say it. Uh, I it? forget. Nope. Uh, hang on. Let me see if I can find it. Is it on baseball reference? It's not. But I did hear that it was different. Oh, I can't remember what it was. It was like.
1: I'm never going to be able to pronounce it correctly. I yeah, can do yeah. Santander.
0: No, um, it, it, it's different. It's, I, I forget it. But uh, for those of you that, that know what it is, tweet me. Tweet me the pronunciation, but I can't remember I, I heard me. it on a broadcast. I, just <laughs> I heard it on a broadcast and now I can't remember it. I meant to make a mental note, but I failed. Uh, but five homers, three oh nine average, one twenty two WRC plus since July first. He's been great. This is this another Dwight Smith Junior situation though, where we buy into it, he has uh playing time, top of the order, and then he just fades, or do you do you have anything here with uh with Santanderino. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I just, I'm, now I'm adding letters. Uh, but with, we're going to call him Santander until I learn the, the right pronunciation. But do you see anything uh, the rest of the season? Is this viable here for the number three batter in the Orioles lineup?
1: I think it is somewhat viable. Uh, he's got a 279 uh, X batting average. Uh, hits the ball decently hard the Orioles have no reason not to play him. Like, the BABIP isn't, like, way out of whack. So maybe, maybe he regresses a little bit in terms of his average. But I'm talking about, like, a little. Like, he's a 280 hitter. Uh, okay. But he's a 280 hitter with real power. Um, and I, I think that, uh, there you know, there is no speed. He's, he's going to maybe steal another base. <laughs> but I think this is, like, a guy that can theoretically hit another 10 home runs rest of the way. And we're looking at a guy coming into next year uh, that maybe doesn't have the hype he deserves. He's
0: only he's only 24 too. This is yeah. age 24 season for Santander.
1: Wasn't he a Rule Five guy last yep. year? From
0: From uh, from Cleveland.
1: Yeah. I, well, like it's, I wonder if they could you have used him?
0: Nah, dude. Uh, they don't. They they can't. No outfielders. They're locked in. <laughs> I mean, at this point, they kind of are, but but obviously we're we're making fun of the mm-hmm. fact that outfield was a desperate need for them. and well, until we're going to talk about trade. one of the
1: guys they just acquired. Yeah, <laughs> here yeah. Here here in a second.
0: So. Going the wrong way. Um, okay, he's, so...
1: He's got an 84% contact percentage, uh, 90% in the zone. Uh, there's going to be more swing and miss, and like I said, they think there is uh, uh, a chance that he... His average drops, but I don't think it's gonna bottom out or crater.
0: Okay, I think that's fair. And you know, batting third, as we always say, even if it's on a bad team, if you're batting top three or four, there's still usefulness there just for the volume alone. So Anthony Santander, somebody to pick up. Fifteen team mixed. You you, you throwing him in the outfield there? Yeah. Okay, I like it. Let's move on to uh, Manuel Margot, a guy that we loved last year. We might have been a year early though. Because uh, I loved him this year. <laughs> well, he was so cheap this yeah. year, too, but playing was time nothing. was so hard to find. Mm-hmm. And uh, he cost you nothing. So if you could stick with him, that's great. But uh, it's taken a while for him to really get going. But of late, he's been really nice. Manuel Margot has five homers, five steals, and a 140 WRC+. plus Since July 1st, things are really starting to click. The, the trade of Framil Reyes, that's the guy we're going to get into. He's actually on the icy end, uh, clears playing time for Margot too, because now they can finagle things. He's the true center fielder. He can really play, play well out there. Uh, What do we think of, of Margot rest of season?
1: I think the full-time playing time gives him a chance to uh, compile. I don't know that we're going to see, I mean, obviously the batting average is going to come down from, or the the batting average has been putrid this year. And I don't think it's going to be much better than it has been necessarily. Like though, I don't understand his babbip. Like, how is a guy with his kind of speed have a 284
0: babbip? I don't know. He's just not getting those extra, the, those extra hits, those extra little uh, infield hits that can usually boost a speedster's uh, babbip.
1: Yeah, I, I still think he. Yeah, I still think he should be like a, a 250 guy. Uh, but the thing is the speed. Like, this is another one of those guys who's who's very very fast. Uh, and I think he could easily steal a 10 bases uh, in spurts rest of the way. Uh, and I think that has a ton of value in, in today's day and age. I mean, we were talking just a couple weeks ago how, like, Kevin Kiermeyer was, like, seventh in the major leagues in stolen bases with, like, yeah. 17. So... Here's one
0: th- one thing, uh, by the way, I will say I was wrong on that. His, he is getting the infield hits. I think maybe one of the issues with Margot is that he's putting the ball in the air more, mm-hmm. which when you're in the air can cut into OBP or can cut into Babbitt, but it can translate into more power. Especially which when you're has...
1: yeah, especially when your exit velocity is like in the ninth percentile in Major League yeah. Baseball. So yeah, not he, great. He's not a guy great. that maybe instead of trying to hit for power, I know the power is coming right now, uh, but he should really work on just being a spray hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh and just get on base. Get on base dude and, and, steal, and steal those bases, yeah.
0: One thing I want to be careful with as a, as a personal thing and um is when we're looking at stolen base rates not necessarily lock a guy into it for positive or negative, mm-hmm. right? Because He was 17 for 24 his first year. Margot was, which is right on the cusp of of usefulness. But then last year he was 11 for 21, which is beyond dreadful. It's absolutely horrific in every possible way. And you would think, well, what if they red light him? What if you know, or even yellow light him and just cut into his opportunities? He's 15 for 16 this year. So when you're talking about speedsters, I don't know what. I don't know if it ever stabilizes it to where they have a rate that they own or how many attempts it takes. But I do think sometimes, me personally, I get locked in and I'm like, well, he's not that good at making the decisions or he's really good at it. And then the very next year, it can flip completely. And stolen bases continue to just be this this really difficult thing to get a hold on. And uh, he goes from 11 of 21 last year to 15 for 16 for Margot. And now he's one of the premier base stealers and could be one of the best the last two months here.
1: And I think one of the things, too, we have to keep an eye on, especially with a guy like Margot, is where he's stealing these bases in relation to his batting order. Because a lot of the stolen bases he's gotten this year, he was batting 7th, 8th, ninth. He was, he was in positions where, okay, if we run into an out here, we run into an out. Uh, as he moves up the batting order, they've been a little bit more judicious. So I think it's one of the things where we want to kind of keep an eye on rest of the way. Right now, he's you know, kind of bouncing between batting seventh and eighth and batting second. So I'll be interested to see kind of what they let him do rest of the year in terms of how much they're going to let him move uh, mm-hmm. on the base paths. I think they'll let him run because it's a team that's not necessarily trying to compete right this minute. Uh, yeah. But they're that they're bouncing between next year. If they end up be, you know, becoming a team that looks like they can compete coming into 2020.
0: As they hope to be, because they, you know, they this was supposed to be the year where they kind of messed around and did some things. They started off strong, but now they're 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 dead. uh, You know, twenty three back, fifty two and sixty one. If they can hit a little run though, and and still be a couple games under five hundred, even five hundred themselves, I think the year would still be a win because they've had some development with players and whatnot. But uh, I agree with you on the Margot situation. I think it's still a
1: win. No matter what, just because, for the
0: development of some young guys, right? Well,
1: and there's been no like one of the things that has really kind of hurt the Padres in terms of developing some of this young talent is injuries, and there's been yeah. no major injuries, knock on wood, uh, yep. for for kind of their big name prospects. So uh, especially their pitchers, which they desperately need.
0: I really wish just I I, I applauded what they did with Tatis Jr. and Paddock you know, having them up from the from the year and saying this is our opportunity if they can help us win one or two more games, that could feasibly be the difference. Now it hasn't panned out. They're not wild card contenders. I hope that doesn't, you know, uh, have them graded negatively by folks for doing that. And you know it's gonna happen and I'm not uh I've already I'm, done <laughs> Well I'm not what you've already clowned them for it? Yeah. Oh you're you're garbage.
1: Because you're no, the worst. If I'm sorry, but from a straight business perspective, it's the it was the wrong decision. Bull. Now,
0: I th- Bull. I think because from- you don't know how the season's going to pan out, and if they were worth the one or two extra games, they feasibly could have been wild card contenders I'm this sorry, year. I'm sorry,
1: you can't tell me that the Giants shouldn't have uh, just sold everything like Madison Bumgarner because they weren't going to be as good as the Dodgers and say the Padres made that's the right the decision. Thing. It is the same thing. They were no, never going to be good enough to win a World Series and that's the goal. No, so that you can't say three, that. Wait the three weeks and get the extra year of R.
0: No. You, you you can't you can't say that I just uh, did. you obviously well you have the benefit of hundred and thirteen games to, to try to make that point. Coming into the year they had a lot of hype. No, they were if it a doesn't reasonable matter. contender. If they
1: were still in the playoff, the playoff race. If they were leading the wild card, I'd say the same thing. It was a mistake. Well, you'd be wrong, and it'd be no. it'd
0: be a stupid thing to say. No, because it you would you be would the right decision wrong. from a business
1: no. perspective. From a fans' no. perspective, I love it. it. It's great. We got to see these guys. Uh, from I'm sure a players' perspective, they love it because it, it the organization's telling them that they compete. From a straight business perspective, it's a completely wrong decision.
0: No, definitely wrong. Because they gave them, it, it, they they push the chips in right away and say, "Listen, we have an opportunity here. We could be a wild card team. Let's get these guys going from from Jump Street." And and I like it, and I, I thought it was the right and, move. And, plus, and, plus I think they'll end up signing Tatis to it to a deal anyway. So I, I think, I mean, I think it'll be rendered mood. Then,
1: yeah, it, it's rendered mood. If they sign Tatis, but they sign. Padded talking to out of both sides deals. of their
0: mouth and and, and and crying about got teams keeping guys down and then hammering a team that does it. I, I just I don't vibe with that. I I really don't. And but we uh,
1: don't hammer them from a business perspective. We hammer them from a we want to from like a fans perspective or a fantasy player's perspective. We say it's good business, and why wouldn't they do this? Like I
0: mean, I th- I, they they were legitimate wild card contenders this year. I thought it was the right they move. Were
1: never legitimate wild card contenders. Bullshit. They were bullshit. They were coming into the season. They were four starters short. They're still like three starters. No, they short. weren't.
0: No, they weren't. They were not four starters short. They at least had two. I really liked Paddock and Lucchesi, so they were they were at least rocking two starters. And we've seen with the with the move of bullpens this, these days that you don't need like rotation is not if that's your biggest need, but you have a good bullpen to back it up, like you can be fine. I mean, look what the Brewers have done and did last year, uh, not having a great rotation. So I I, I don't agree with that. They they. I think this is some some revisionist history here. They were I, le- I don't legitimate. I, I'm
1: pretty sure I said this exact same thing at the beginning of the year.
0: They were legit so, pe- People can go and
1: back that. and listen to the tape of when uh, uh, of when we talked about this beginning of the year. I, I stand by it. I, I said it at the beginning of the year. I stand by it now. And for those of you who say we agree too much, here you go. Who says that? Uh, every once in a while I get, you guys agree too much. I'm like, are you kidding me?
0: That's a stupid Paul and critique.
1: I hate each other.
0: I, I just I think that's a like a really stupid critique though. Go go watch some uh, shows where they manufacture a disagreement and they make one person take each side. I mean that's that's just remarkably dumb. I'm not going to say things I don't agree with just to have a differing I will. opinion. That's remarkably <laughs> dumb. Yeah, you probably will. I so stand have by fun it, doing so. that. Um <laughs> on the on the icy end, I already hinted at Fran Reyes, so let's start with him. Three homers, 231 average, very unnice 69 WRC+. Plus. Uh, he obviously has been cold. This this is partly with San San Diego, but also with his new club. He hasn't quite made uh, a big impression here. Are you concerned about Fran Reyes? Nope. Is, is is he somebody that you would potentially cut in a, mixed, uh, in a shower or a mixed league?
1: I don't think so. I'm not worried. I just... Uh, they they acquired her for a reason. He's still playing every day. It's not even like they're 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 just gonna let him swing his way out of it. I yeah I don't I don't have any fears about Franmil.
0: He's a minus forty nine WRC plus with Cleveland specifically. It's
1: not in minus sixty nine. That is
0: that is tough. That is tough. But it's also eight games. So uh, yeah, I too it's, it's, I too will yeah, not freak out.
1: It's still super early. I'm not, I'm not, he's still kind of getting accustomed to his surroundings. I just, you put him on your reserve list, uh, and you put someone else in. And I mean, in a 10 team league, if you want to cut bait, you cut bait, whatever. Mm. Man, but
0: I uh, don't know, man. I'm not cutting a 30 home run. I mean, it's 27, but I'm not cutting that. One thing I will say, too, we're talking about since July 1st. It's basically a month when you factor in the all star break and, um, just to tell you, like what his his Cleveland work alone has done to these that's numbers. Awful. He had an 808 OPS with three all three of the homers he's hit since July first um, with San Diego. So that that's what he did in July. So just these it's seven games here with Cleveland. Or no, uh, yeah, it is seven games of dreadfulness where he has two hits. That's really brought the numbers down. So um, it's a bad week. This is more. I put Framil Reyes on to say, "Don't freak out." Uh, as, yeah, as opposed I, I'm, to, I'm
1: not. I'm not freaking out at all. It's and just, if
0: like, if people do start cutting him or including him in trades, I would be there to pounce because this is one of those guys that when he gets going, he hits he hits nine homers in like yeah. a 15 game period kind of type. He,
1: he goes on the Nelly Cruz. Uh, yep. who's just on fire right
0: now. Just, <laughs> it's just amazing. I love it. Yeah. I love Nelly Cruz. He's so good. Uh, Aloy Jimenez was kind of pulling out of his out of his uh, little slump there to start the season and it, or so he started the season poorly gets hurt comes back looked sharp off the IL uh hit some hit some quick homers there has cooled again though and uh and and now is back in in the icy realm four homers 2.13 average 70 wrc plus i like that he at least still has the four homers but it's, it's been it's been a little it's been a little uh, little bland here if you look just since the all-star break for uh Eloy Jimenez it's two homers a 222 average a 591 uh, OPS so what are you doing with Eloy Jimenez is he somebody that you're just holding on to in 10 team mixers
1: yeah I, I think I am holding on to him because I just believe in the talent but at this point you're kind of just betting on the talent. Uh, and yeah. I don't know if there's going to be a person with a 25 home run season this year that we're going to feel more disappointed in.
0: Well, yeah, because everyone was expecting, you know, 35, maybe even 40 of well, things like really broke and out. And
1: 300 batting average.
0: That's, that's the, probably the bigger part than the homers is the fact that he's hitting only 237. mm mm-hmm. Uh, with a sub 300 OBP for Aloy Jimenez.
1: Yeah, I mean, currently he has a 40% or 41% O swing since the All Star break. Yikes. Uh, o swing, for those that
0: don't know, that's basically chase rate. That's swinging outside yeah. of the zone. That's horrific.
1: So, I mean, he's really just trying to hit his. He's, he has got a 19.4% swing and strike rate in that time. Uh, he's trying to swing his way out of it and I think he just need I think he needs someone to go and kind of talk to him and be like, "Hey, take a pitch.
0: Breathe, breathe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you right. right.
1: Relax a little. You you're not going to get sent down because they signed that deal. Uh He's got a two percent walk rate. Um, <laughs> oh in, so, in this run, on in this the season, run, yeah, in, in this it,
0: run. So is that seven percent?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is. I, I'm not. I'm not super worried about him necessarily. Uh, I, I just. You I think, believe in the talent, and I think he'll be fine. But um, I can understand people pulling him out of their lineups. I just. I'm not going to put him on the waiver wire.
0: Do you think there's a discount to be had in Dynasty Leagues? A tangible no. discount. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think so either. Frankly, if you're in a dynasty league, there, there, it's like a certain caliber of player that understands, you know, youth and and how uh, players can start slowly. So I just don't know that you're going to find a lot of fish who are, are willing to really sell low on him. That said, would you buy at at market or or even slightly below it, even if it's just a a nominal discount on a man, is is he somebody that that you're willing Did to you go buy? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. If I'm getting any discount or even face value of what it was coming into the season, uh, uh, yeah, for sure I'm buying. I, I, I completely believe in the talent. I think we've seen flashes of it. I think part of it is he is uh, overly frustrated with himself. I think part of it is he, he struggled with injury this year, and that can be really frustrating. This is a guy that is probably going to go way too low in redrafts leagues next year.
0: That'd be great. That'd be uh, great. Yeah, because some of
1: the other rookies really overshadowing him. Now, of course, yeah. he can he, he's going to listen to this podcast, as all major league <laughs> players do. Uh, and he,
0: they it in clubhouses. Yeah, what's he, up, guys?
1: He could ball out the rest of the year and totally ruin everything we're, we're saying right now, which I'm sure That's is true. what's going to happen.
0: If he hits 12 September homers, his his ADP yeah. won't budge off of. In fact, it'll go up. Well, from I,
1: I mean, if he hits 300 the rest of the way, we're, we're screwed. You know, because everybody's going to be like, well, look from August, you know, 8th on, he hit 300 and and then we're screwed and he'll be going back up into like the top four or three rounds. Uh, That being said, uh, if he continues to maintain what he's doing, I think a lot of people will be kind of scared because the the big pull on a guy like Eloy was the floor is really safe. Yeah, that hasn't been the case this year. Uh, but I do, I do believe in the talent level, and I think that the floor will be safe next year. Uh, you know, coming in healthy, having some time in the offseason to work on things. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll be buying all the shares if there's a discount. I just worry that he's going to do something to ruin that discount for us.
0: Would you do something like um, you trade your your Max Kepler and Sunny Gray, or, or, or you know, just somebody who's performing well? And, and pitching right now for Aloya Menez and an injured pitcher like Brandon Woodruff or, yes. or, uh, okay. So I was going to say, or Luis Severino, but he's even right. higher than Woodruff. Right so I imagine now, you would definitely right, do right that. Right
1: now I'm in TDGX and I, I inherited a team, which is like breaking one of my own rules.
0: Um, yeah. You uh, don't like to come in. I don't
1: like coming into an existing That's why
0: team. I, I, I don't have, I don't have one dynasty league that we did start this year. Um, It's a, it's a smaller one, but I, all the Dynasty offers I get are to, are to join leagues, which on the one hand, it's appealing because it's established. It's a good group of owners. But on the, on the negative end is exactly what you're saying. I don't want it. I want to draft from scratch. Well,
1: because you want to build your own team.
0: Exactly. And, and a full-scale rebuild for somebody like me who's not even that well-versed in Dynasty leagues is is daunting.
1: The one nice thing about that is I was able to like really flip – uh, virtually all of my major league talent last year and now i have do zero in season management like literally okay, so I, it's, I have like it's one back
0: burner league now then yeah i have one While player in the
1: majors and it's jack Flaherty. Wow. um
0: who's looked amazing of late by the well, way
1: well me and matt thompson uh own the team together and he won't let me trade him
0: i think he's right on that one though
1: yeah it's so he, hard though i i well i've I think, i've had a had well, bring it back to what we were talking about, I've had a standing offer to Darius Austin of, of uh, Friends of Fancy Benefits and BP uh, for a while now of uh, of uh, Jack Flaherty and, uh, for Eloy. I was
0: I was just about to say yeah because what about the offers you guys could be getting now? Is Matt still hardlining on that? Because with the way Flaherty's going, I mean, you can get an Eloy Menes, you know, some other. Like major process. What well, if it see, was for Joe Adele? Would, would he look, do that? See, and I
1: offered that exact thing at the beginning of the season to uh, uh, Craig Goldstein, who had him. Uh, and he's like, I just love Adele too much. I
0: was just about to say, I think like, I loves, like the wrong, wrong effing person. Yeah.
1: Because he loves Adele as much as I do. Uh, so, uh, and the only reason I'm really bringing this up, because I'm sure people are bored already with me talking about my team, is I know Darius listens to the podcast and go. <laughs> You trying to judge him. Maybe he's forgotten that trade is just sitting out there.
0: No, I I think it's worth bringing <laughs> up though because again, you you did bring it back to to Jimenez and and that's what I'm saying. I think if you go out and you get Jimenez and an, and a and a distressed pitching asset, somebody who's hurt but that you believe in for your sweet swinging guy like a Kepler or somebody else breaking out this year and a pitcher who's Pitching well and upright right now, I think yep. you can actually get some nice nice, uh, nice returns there in a the dynasty league. So I do think it's worth uh, worth looking into. But we like Jimenez. We're sticking with him. Um, on the one hand, I am hoping he does go off like that because there are two key leagues where I have him. Uh, and I hope he ruins next year's value. But on the other end, if he just kind of meanders to the finish line, then I think you and I will be fighting for shares of Eloy Jimenez at like pick 170 in every league. 150.
1: Yeah. If 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 he's going 150 or later, I'm going to have lots of shares of Eloy Hammonds. For sure. Yeah.
0: All right. The last outfielder, I I think it was on this pod. I can't remember. But nobody has a bigger disparity from their hot streaks to their cold streaks. He is spicy, icy, personified Jackie Bradley Jr. And he's back to being the iciest icebox ever. Uh, Three homers and a 180 average, 49 WRC plus since July 1st. You know, our boy, our boy Colette loved him this year and, and he was he was he was on those victory laps once he got going. Where you at now, though he's back to being awful. And the thing that pissed me off, and I, I like Jackie Bradley Jr., the thing that pisses me off about him is I did draft him. I was with Colette uh on that and saying, Hey, I like this guy. But in the mixed leagues, did you even sit through April when he put up a 148 average 406 OPS zero homers to even get to the quality May, and then the real big breakout in June. That's my thing. I end up drafting Jackie Bradley Jr. And even cutting if you him. You
1: did. You've been. You've you've definitely been stuck with his 198 June or July yes. and 100. So that's far what I'm in saying. August, so, so it's like
0: in the end, does it even matter? And so I, I'm just I'm kind of out for fantasy purposes with Jackie Bradley Jr. Right now, and I think I'm gonna have to relegate myself to getting my my JBJ fill. Via DFS, and so when he is yes. electric, that's, just that's, just yeah, DFS a him a little it. bit, because I'm tired of the season long shit, and it, it's every year, dude. It's every single year. He is. How are you in baseball mm-hmm. for three months? And he's you're Mike Trout Jr. for three months. It, it's it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I guess I don't really have a question there because I think you just fully agree. Um, I'm cutting him again at this point. I'm picking up.
1: You should have uh, cut him thin, like a dander. month ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But I'm picking up Santander, Margot, mm-hmm. Talkman, if he's available, of course, and several others who we haven't even – J.D. Davis. Um, but yeah, others who we haven't even mentioned. And I think just uh, if you do like J.B.J. and you have that that affinity that uh, Jason and I have for him, just, just use him in DFS against key righties. And stuff like that uh, but okay I think that's gonna do it for for spicy and I say I'm glad I created this I think it's gonna help the fantasy industry really kind of
1: it's, it's uh, amazing it's just it's a good framework yeah no, yeah just the... yeah
0: I'm just I'm, I'm just so afraid nobody are gonna, are
1: gonna, I'm just afraid people are gonna copy us
0: should I should I trademark it yeah not just the name but the whole concept because I just don't yes. hear people comparing hot players to cold players I, I don't thinking,
1: think there's ever been anything written or, or so stupid uh, about like good and evil or bad and no. good. Like, this no, no, is, no, 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 no. Yeah. It
0: doesn't happen. And I, I thought of it today in the shower. I was like, dude, this is a great idea. And I knew you'd like it. And I appreciate your support. And, and uh, well,
1: how many tweets do you think we're going to get of people like, like being a like, goof, of course, people have done this. this.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, have you ever heard of uh, Bonafide or Bonifacio, dude? <laughs> have you ever heard of Boons and Banes on Baseball HQ? Yes, guys, <laughs> we're, we're fucking kidding. Uh, and there's the F bomb for the episode. Um, I but did yeah, so the, the,
1: good not swearing this episode. I, I
0: know. And I, that was so frivolous. I didn't even need to do it. I'm, I'm sorry, yo. I'm, I'm very well, sorry.
1: I, I didn't. It was so frivolous of me to even watch myself. Like, I don't even know. Like, we, have, we uh, haven't done that all season.
0: Here's one wrap-up question: Who's your who's your favorite guy here that you would go target on the on the spicy end that you think they're going to keep going the rest of the way? I want to get them everywhere.
1: Uh, are, are we going to uh, discount Hera? Because I mean, obvious, You're going to say him, and Hira. I was going to say
0: now. Give me the non-Hera category because yes, we're still baffled that he's at forty-seven percent. But let's put him on a on his own pedestal and go from the other non-Hera entities.
1: God, this is hard because there's. Three or four guys I really like,
0: and they're all in New York, right? Is it is it or it is for me? I, I I'm, oh no, that on you. Those New York no. guys really appeal. It really, know. it's
1: it's Santander, Talkman, uh, Rosario, and Margot. Okay, that I really really like. Uh, and it's hard to put Margot in there, but you kind of have to with the speed
0: component. Yes, because he can he can he can totally change you mm-hmm. with twelve. He, he could double. He could double his SB total the rest. Like, it's yeah. possible. It's not likely, but it's if possible. If you
1: making me take one, I think I'm going to take Rosario. Okay, uh, I
0: like that.
1: But, like, it's really hard not to take Santander because Santander is going to hit third in that lineup. He's going to play every day, and I do kind of believe in what he's doing.
0: Yep, I like that. Uh, okay, as far as the non-Matt Chapman, uh, I see – who is the one that you would go buy right now, thinking that they're going to go, they're going to get going again for these final two months and really uh, give you a buy low opportunity? Eloy. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say Fran Mill, but you you like Eloy? Okay. I uh, just Eloy's uh,
1: ceiling is so high. Like, I love him. Fr- I think like, that's my Franmil. Franmil definitely could hit ten home runs next week, and like, <laughs> he so. really, like, he really could. He's got that kind of power, but he's not hitting three hundred rest of the way.
0: Like, that's and, true. And,
1: and like that is in the cards for Eloy.
0: Yeah, he could match uh, Re- Reyes' homer for homer with a great batting average. So that's a great point. He's my pick as well. And obviously uh, I was
1: discounting chapman
0: has yeah yeah he doesn't count because we're we're not making any actions with him top 50 player. so yeah he's just in a little bit of a cold streak don't don't fret and if anybody is foolish enough to give you a moderate discount of any sort on matt chapman go buy him right now but for the most part these other guys should be able to command some sort of discount so hopefully this helped Uh, um justin
1: like i just want to point out one thing before we wrap up Yes, sir. When we talked about like all these kind of hot streaks and cold streaks at the beginning of the season, this is what we meant when we go, no one will pay attention. Yes. Yes. So let's bring this around full circle is if these things were happening in April, people would be freaking out right now on all of these guys one way or another. Uh, But because it's happening in August, I I bet half of the listenership didn't even realize some of these guys were were either struggling or, uh, um, or or on fire.
0: Yep the, the the Chapman thing is so perfect. If he does that to start the season, it's like, well, is Matt Chapman I'm getting a bluster? Forty, 40 tweets
1: year? a day. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't believe you made me draft Matt Yo, Chapman. Oh, you.
0: Oh, you guys were saying Matt Chapman's the next uh, the next big thing, huh? Idiots. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're a million percent right. I'm glad you brought that up because this is exactly what we mean when we say that, and it makes analysis difficult in April because we can't just come on and and say nothing, but with star players there's not a lot to do uh and so yeah i that's that's a great uh point to finish on and we will go ahead and finish there i will give you the information that you need to post your sunday episode but i think you and jason are going sunday and then you and i'll be back next uh monday or tuesday yay all right take care justin
1: take it easy